12 minutes past nine. That's the choice of Felicity who said uh, that she felt that this song was how she was feeling right now. Watershed and undone. Now, the question that we've all been asking is um, how do we shift things? What do we do? Where do we go from here? What is the way forward? And uh, as I said at the beginning of the show, you guys answered that uh, a few weeks ago. We asked the question, what, what is the way forward? But uh, what seems clear is that the only way forward is forward. And indeed, uh, as Abi Mohwetsane of Vodacom recently tweeted, he said, can you feel it? The question that's been nibbling at you more and more since this weekend, what is it? that I can do and uh, those are the questions that we've been asking ourselves here in the studio and uh, as the team as we tried to put this show together. So we thought uh, we wanted to give Andre Flock, conflict resolution specialist, a bit more time as we uh, look at the issues of conflict in a much broader way with regards to the country, with regards to what we've seen in the last week. But certainly this doesn't come out of nowhere. This comes out of years of inequality in this country. The fact that South Africa has the highest Gini coefficient currently, they're saying, in the world, possibly the highest. I mean, that's just profound. Our unemployment levels, our poverty levels, the fact that people are hungry and now even more hungry, the number of SMSs that we've received from people saying, please, we are hungry, what do we do? And uh, I'll put that gift of the giver's number out a little bit later as well. So, on the line is Andre Flock. Andre, thank you so much for joining us. Gentlemen, everyone. Andre, it, it does give us a moment to reflect, to pause, and to try and figure out what we do as we move forward, does it not? It does, and, and I think everyone, <laughs> anyone who walks around uh, saying that they've got the answers to where we are, the complete answers, uh, I think that would be... Uh, <laughs> a bit hubristic. It's uh, yeah. We, we're going through some special times and some really times where, where reflection and, and a calm approach would would be an asset. Let's talk about um, reflection and a calm approach because in many ways those are two things that are required if we're going to look at reconciliation. And I don't just mean reconciliation in terms of um, how we feel about one another, but I mean reconciliation in terms of how this country can move forward. There are so many people that need to engage in the discourse, um, the politicians, the political parties, the, um, the, the private sector, the third sector, the media as well. Talk to us about that. I think before we lose everyone or before we start an argument, before before we go much further, we, we, we need to look at that at that very word. What, what is reconciliation? Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure if we do a little test, ask 10 of your, your listeners to, to give them... Uh, to give us their, their idea of, of that concept in, in one sentence, we'll have 10 or 11 different opinions. Um, we need to learn, and this week has, has, has highlighted this again, um, we are, to an extent, we are paying the price of of the way that we have dealt with conflict and, and not dealt with conflict in the past, in the last 27 years, in the last 30 years. Um, we, we have imposed an idea on, on the country, the Rainbow Nation, we have imposed, we, we've accepted certain things, um, and, and we haven't sat down, we haven't spent quality time in defining certain very important ideas, such as reconciliation. Um, mm. 
and, and, and just a few questions will show us the, the extent of, of how little we've progressed. What is reconciliation? Who's involved? Is it a process? Is it a, a result? Um, do we need reconciliation? What does it look like? When are we there? Mm. Um, you know, so we, 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 need to, we need to make progress with the very concept of reconciliation or else we're going to continue uh, talking past each other. So, so what's, what's important is that you are talking of the language, the lexicon. So there's two words that uh, you work with. The one is conflict and the yeah. other one is resolution. Let's break those two things down because conflict can mean so many very different things. And particularly at a time like this, conflict can truly mean very different things and certainly has meant that in the past as well. Conflict, as we've been reminding ourselves throughout the series, Michelle, conflict really is not, if you use it properly, if you understand it, if you know how to work with it, it's not a negative. Um, I'd like to think that, that the conflict part of what we've seen this last week, uh, although obviously we would have prevented it if possible, there it is. We, we now have to deal with it. What do we do with this energy? What do we do with this conflict? Mm. Um, and here again, on a nearly daily basis, our leaders are, are, are faced with, with challenges, but also opportunities. And, 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 and just like on a personal level, conflict brings us both that unpleasant part, but also opportunities. Our leaders are, as a nation, again, as much as as we all hate what we're going through, again, it's an energy. Again, it's an opportunity. What are we going to do with this tomorrow? Um, mm. We stand before that on a daily basis. And, and so far, our leaders have, have not done very well with that. Um, the resolution part is 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 the more difficult part. That is where the the, the calm heads and the wise heads should come in, and 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 where we should fall once we should do this correctly. Um, we should learn from the past. We again we have a copybook that's lying there that we can we can either hit each other over the head with it, or we can learn from it and we can we can improve so much. Um, we don't have that many options. We don't have the luxury of, of a wide range of, of conflict resolution outcomes. We're looking, as this week has, has underscored again, we're looking at one or two, we're looking at up or down, and, 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 and these are the towns we, where, we need to, where we need to decide which one is it. So, Andre, you are a conflict resolution specialist. If you were called in to say, okay, this is the conflict that we are addressing in this country right now. Now, we're addressing huge issues of um, poverty. We're addressing uh, unemployment. So we're addressing issues of of, of massive fear, massive anger, massive hunger. We're also addressing uh, politicians who are trying to battle their way through something uh, challenging and difficult. We're talking about citizens. We're talking. What would your process be as a? I mean, imagine. I'm. I'm trying to imagine. You sit down at the table, and these different um, uh, representatives are at the table. How would you talk through this? We, we we'd need to get there first. I would if 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 I was the boss of the country. If I was the government, I would do two things. Um, yeah. Firstly. I would I would implement some very basic things, uh, and I think they're busy with it. Um, the the legal process um, that's being driven, the 
the army. That's debatable. You know, but but restore order um, in in a very visible way. I think that, that that's the that's the obvious part of it. Um, I'd like to to think that in the last few days they've they've gotten ahead of that. Um, that would be one very obvious uh, place to start. But the, the the more contentious part would be my uh, my call for a national forum of let's call it TRC2. We need that. We need it urgently. We need to call it a negotiation or a discussion. We need to sit around that table that you've mentioned, and, and we need to we need to start talking about reconciliation, not as a soft, uh, happy, mm. emotional concept, but as you, you can be as cynical about it as you wish. Um, it, it, it has to be a commercial reconciliation. It has to be a national reconciliation, and we, we need to define it at that table. We need to discuss what is what does it entail. Who, who's at that table? Um, wh- one of the big issues, as we can see, um, again from this week, is 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 the land issue. We we've not made progress on that. People who remain the unemployment issue. Um, those issues must be addressed at that table. Yeah. The, the way I use the word reconciliation would include discussions, urgent discussions about that, and 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 then arriving at conclusions about that. We we are not in agreement as to what the term means, the reconciliation itself. We're not in agreement as as to the land issue, um, uh, as to unemployment. We we need that discussion. And it's not just for government to to, to fix. They're clearly not. Then they're not making progress with that. Um, they should be the drivers of of a very wide-ranging, very urgent discussion, call it a negotiation process, if you will, about reconciliation and what and, and reconciliation in the widest possible sense. We need to, and, and, and this is one of the the mistakes that the government have made um, in, in the last thirty years. We, we, we have not, as we've said in in, in our series, um, you cannot resolve conflict unless you understand its origin. Unless you understand what drives it, and of course the government understands. You know, we all could could do a list of five or six drivers of the conflict, but we're not addressing it. We're not assessing it correctly, and we're not dealing with it. We we sit and we nod and we talk about unemployment and we talk about inequality, uh, which is the the overriding problem. The, the inequality. Everyone else fits into that box, and we're not dealing with it. So, you know, we, we're spending a vast amount of, of argument and, and, and noise about conflict resolution, but we're not, what progress can we show for, for all our efforts? Very, very little. So, if you had to say, all right, let's sit at the table. Now, who's going to be sitting at the table? Who would you, in your blue sky world, who would you like to see sitting at that table to have the discussion? That's assuming that they would be prepared to attend. That's assume, and I'm not just talking about political parties, but let's, let's really, who should be there? I would break it down into two distinct phases. Uh, and and you, you mentioned, you know, uh, I, I, the way it should be packaged and sold is that you're, you don't need people's permission for this. This is going to be proper discussions about important things. If you don't want to come, that's fine. Um, no one should be cursed, but I would I would have a two tier uh, two, two distinct phases to it. The first one should be as wide as possible. That 
everyone and anyone, even individuals, should have um, an input. We could do that in writing. We can have town hall meetings. We can have formal meetings. And out of that process, absolutely, literally everyone, I would, if, if, if I was in charge of that, I would not exclude any voice, not an individual, not a group at all. Bring your story. Bring your solution. Bring your problem. Bring your objection to the process. Even that mm. would be a part, an important part of it. If you believe that your group should succeed, bring that Bring your, your, your objections, bring your answers, bring your, 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 your questions. And use that process to sift through, to, to arrive at working definitions. What, what is it that we're reconciling? Who's involved? Where are we going with this? When would we know we've reconciled? Do we need it at all? Should we succeed and split into 20 groups? That would be the work done in that phase. And then your second phase could be a slightly more advanced where, where the government plays a, a, a higher role. Political parties start taking a, a, a more refined role. We, we've now sifted through a lot of work, a lot of input, and, and we've, we, we've crystallized these issues into, say, the following 10 or 20 uh, debate points. And now we have a roadmap to take that further. You know, Andre, it's interesting that you talk about a roadmap because uh, we heard Dr. Uh, Paddy Lithloli also talking about the criticality of a roadmap as we move forward. But I think that what's, what's absolutely critical, and I'd like to kind of like tease it apart even further, is that you mentioned that in order to address conflict, in order to resolve conflict, you need to understand where that conflict is coming from. And I'm going to use a really um, kind of weird analogy but apparently with a cat when a cat gets a wound um particularly if they've been fighting with another cat what happens is the wound will stay in fester but what what happens is that a skin and i stand to be corrected i'm not a vet but a skin forms over that wound so you don't even realize well, some people don't realize people who are watching don't realize that that wound is there but obviously the wound is there and it is festering all the time and if we're going to talk about our conflict in this country, this is not a time for us to say, well, the conflict, now we must just paper over this conflict. We need to kind of go back to those big issues, the issues of inequality, the issues of people not having jobs and not, you know, and, and being poor. I love your, your analogy. Um, it, it's, it's very apt, I think. Um, you know, w w during the transitional period, we I, I don't mean this as criticism, I'm simply pointing it out, but, but the, the, the people with, with their hands on the steering wheel then, um, quite understandably, they blinked and looked away from certain issues, such as the land issue. Um, they rightly I believe, accepted that they've made so much progress with from where we were on the brink of a civil war to sitting around the table and talking about a democratic government. It's, it's, a, it's understandable that those people at that time looked away from things, important issues such as the land issue, such as true reconciliation. It, it's easy for us to sit here and throw rocks at them of, of 27 years ago. Um, I, I, that's not my intention. But nevertheless, that work was not done, mm. as understandable as it may be. We are now faced with systemic inequality. And long before they 
started their work. We're talking about decades. We're talking about centuries of inequality. And to paper this over and to tell ourselves that, as some of us do, that we are reconciled or that we must grin and bear it and, and, and get on with it or that reconciliation won't work, those are all, in my view, very wrong, very dangerous assumptions. And we, we have no silver medal here. We need to reconcile in some form or another. Or we're going to see la- this last week play over our, our screens and in our lives um, for months to come. So- it, it, it has moved from a nice-to-have and an academic topic to one that this is it. It's, it's at your front door. Mm. So I, I want to um, just comment on, on one of our listeners, um, Sharon in Durban, saying that um, that this that whilst inequality is an incredible problem, so is education, health and unemployment, but I believe this event is political. And I think that we understand what Sharon is saying. Yes, the president noted that last night. He spoke of an insurrection. Yes, the, um, the, 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 the process is political, but that does not mean that these other issues are not critical to the conversation, that we would not have got to where we are now if those other issues had perhaps been resolved a lot earlier. I'm not a, I'm not a politician, but um, people like Ben Phillips uh, and so on make, make the point very, very eloquently that, and, and Sharon's quite right that it's political. It, it manifests as political problems and, and as political, the, the cries you hear are political. But to go back to the source, of, of this conflict, we find everything fits into an inequality box. It, it, inequality explains the educational disparities, um, the unemployment. Those are all manifestations of inequality. And, and it, 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 it's, it's lazy and disingenuous to argue that we are not an unequal society. We, we, we're terribly... Uh, it, 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 it's rampant. And from that flows... Once you understand the inequality as a trigger and the source for the conflict, yeah. you understand unemployment, you understand education and the role those play. Yeah. You understand why it manifests in the things we hear on, on political platforms. So Sharon is, is, is quite correct, but, but we need to take, to say that this is, this is a political problem is only part of the journey. We need to take a further step back. Why is it, a, what, what is politics in any event? It's simply a manifestation of what's going on in your society, in your community. Politics isn't something separate and independent. It's how we live our lives. It, it, it's like culture. It well, is. Andre, it, it, we, it, it, we need to leave you there, but it's been a fascinating conversation. Lots of people commenting. Uh, I look forward to taking this further next week. It's a, it's a critical conversation that we just keep need to going back. Thank you so much for that. Hi, Michelle. Good weekend. Bye-bye. One and only Andre Flock, conflict resolution. And I would like to say that now would be a very good time for those of you who are interested in reading a book by uh, Professor Wachbi Long, who is a Cape Town academic, and he looks at the psychology of our country, why we are where we are at. And whilst he wrote the book, Prior to the last week, it talks instinctively to the very nature of the last week and the last uh, years as well. So his name is Wachbi Long, W-A-H-B-I-E-L-O-N-G is his surname. And uh, the Prof Wachbi Long is, um, the book is called The Nation 
or a nation on the couch or the nation on the couch. My apologies. You'd have to just look that up. Very, very worthwhile. We're going to get him on the show briefly tomorrow to also just talk about some of the things that he addresses in his book that are deeply aligned with all of this conversation. James, so James, I want you to listen very carefully because James is saying, good morning, Michelle. The number that you gave us for the gift of the giver does not exist. So James, I'm giving you the number. And the number that you've written down is not the number <laughs> I gave you. So, James, I need you to like listen carefully, and I'm going to read it very slowly. 0800-786-911. Okay, so, James, that's the toll-free number for Gift of the Givers. It's not the number that you put out, and I'm not I'm going to even uh, – it, I'm not going to even mention it because then it'll just confuse all of us. But just hope you can get it right and uh, that we can find a way forward. Malwande, I absolutely agree. People are hungry and there are no jobs. And I think that that is something that has been raised quite critically in the conversations and certainly even as we spoke um, earlier to um, the wonderful um, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, from – from the Dennis Hurley, <laughs> from the Dennis, Dennis Hurley Center. Sorry, we're having a little blank there of all the people that we've spoken to today. But we spoke a little earlier on to um, – I'm going to get his name. I'm just determined because we've been – Raymond Perrier. Jeez. Sometimes you have a complete blank in your brain. It's like brain fog, as they call it. So apologies for that. But yeah, Raymond Perrier, as he was saying, so he absolutely in agreement with Mawande in uh, Stellan Boss. 9.33, she's on the line and she's in the studio. Zykon. <laughs> <laughs> she's 